Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. And our top story today, one in five home sellers begins to lower their asking prices. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Deidre Woolard is with The Motley Fool. Deidre, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Glad to be here. And uh, you are known in the uh, financial space as a guru. I'm going to call you that, a guru of real estate. And, you know, a lot is, is being talked about in terms of rates and mortgage rates and, and home buying. Um, let's start off with some basic questions around how is the home buying market? Is it softened? Is it softening? Is it collapsing? How do you read what's happening thus far through the summer, through August uh, 2022? Not collapsing. Let's start there. Uh, Softening, absolutely softening. Uh, So we're starting to see maybe a, we're definitely seeing a deceleration in home prices, which is understandable. We've had this incredible, you know, decade plus run up in home prices. We're starting to see a little softness there. I mean, it started really at the beginning of the summer with uh, as as interest rates rose, interest people's interest in the market sort of fell off a little bit. But I don't think that this is really going to be a you know a collapse. It, this is definitely a softening and a deceleration overall of interest in uh, in in home sales. Are there certain areas of the country, areas of the country that maybe are leading or not leading the pack in terms of uh, the softening? I mean, we have talked about places like Des Moines, Iowa, I think was one on your list several, several months ago. Um, are there areas that are more softened, for lack of a better term, or just not as much? I don't know, you know, I'm not a real estate guy, so I'm just asking to ask. Yeah, no, it's absolutely market specific. Yeah, and so uh, it wasn't Des Moines; it was Boise. So a lot of people. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry Boise. Sorry, Boise. Even before the pandemic, a lot of people were interested in Boise, and during the pandemic, a lot of people moved to Boise because uh, they wanted to get away from from some of the coastal areas on the west coast. Boise has the the tide has turned in Boise in terms of people moving in there. And so prices and it, and interest, that market has fallen dramatically. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of that in um, in Phoenix, a little bit of that in Las Vegas, a little bit of that in Austin, Texas. These are all the markets that got really, really, really inflated sort of over the last couple of years. So it, it's not it's not a crash, but it, it starts to be a little bit of a normalizing. Yeah. And, and what does this mean, Deidre, for rents? Uh, if you're not buying... You got to live somewhere, although some, some people can overland, I think is what it's called. They can live in a van or a, or a truck or a converted RV uh, or bus into an RV. But but what does this do to the rents? Are we still seeing rents go up like they are in New York City and San Francisco? Overall, yes. So uh, I was looking at some Realtor.com data from, from July. Uh, rent prices have gone up for 17 months in a row now. So so there was that brief dip during the start of the pandemic and that and then that pretty much ended. 
Yeah, rents rents are still going up. They are stabilizing a bit in some markets. But the other thing that I'm starting to think about too is what costs are those landlords facing? And one of the big ones is starting to be the energy costs this winter. And I think that is going to put additional pressure on landlords. So even if even as the market sort of starts to be a, maybe a little calmer and they don't want to raise rates as much, they also are dealing with higher costs. So it, it's, it's something I'm going to be watching. Let's switch to commercial real estate. And by that, I mean office buildings, uh, storage. Um, what else is included in that? Uh, uh, data, Industrial. data centers, right? Mm-hmm. Retail. How How is the commercial real estate market? Because from what I've seen, Deidre, consumer sentiment hasn't cratered because of the market volatility and the rate increases. It has, well, at least from what I've seen in the U.S. consumer sentiment, which means people are still buying. So so what does it mean for for uh, uh, the commercial market? Oh, it's so complicated because it goes, it's, it's, a, it's across so many different markets. So, so for example, when I'm looking at some things like, like Walmart and Target earnings and their issues with inventory, how does that impact store traffic? How does that impact how much warehouse space they need? Retail is still, still recovering, still pretty strong, but, but not as strong as it was. And so that is a concern as inflation drags on. Uh, hospitality has, has, come back so strongly and that's and that's been great to see but we're not seeing a lot of new hotels it's more more seeing occupancy in hotels industrial is still strong even though amazon has said they're they're you know uh delaying some projects it's still we still need places to store things uh same thing for self-storage big question mark i i think i talk about this every time it's still office we still haven't figured out where we land as as a country on on hybrid work, remote work, how that's all going to play out. Got companies like Apple saying, okay, you have to be in the office certain days. Maybe that takes off. There's something interesting thing, an interesting thing happening with hybrid work where I think that as people go to the office more, they end up wanting to go more days. And I think that's a phenomenon I'm watching. That's making me feel a little more optimistic about office real estate, but that is still, that is still the area that is definitely the, the one to watch. Yeah, I've been reading about re- op- almost like an open rebellion at places like <laughs> Apple. Right. Uh, you know, maybe that's a little uh, exaggerated, but people just saying, "Hey, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go into." Uh, oh, that is a beautiful. Deidre, have you ever been to that office? I've seen pictures oh God, of that office. Yeah, that is amazing. That that space. Yes. I, I I would like to be. Hey, look, if anyone from Apple's watching, I'm sure they are. Uh, maybe we could do a show from there. Well, thanks, Deidre. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about investing in real estate and what are some of the things you need to think about. We talked about some of them, but what are some more things you need to think about if you're actually an investor and you're going to look to buy some properties in the next six months? You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine... A new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. 
We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-504-8194. Welcome back. We are talking to Deidre Willard. She is with The Motley Fool. Deidre, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Thank you for having me. So I think you really laid out um, a lot of great information in the first segment. Of course you did. Um, but I want to kind of drill down into investing in real estate. And there may be people out here uh, watching the program that are thinking, I've got a little extra money um, and maybe I want to invest. Maybe I want to invest in a commercial property or maybe I want to invest in a home buying opportunity that I can turn around and rent or do Airbnb. Uh, what are some things that you're thinking about um, in terms of that type of investing? Well, I think a lot of people are starting to think about alternatives to the stock market, which always happens when the stock market gets volatile. We, we've had we've had a bit of a rough go here, and you know my portfolio's down, and so I am glad that I have things in other places, maybe things that don't go uh, up as fast, but that are more steady over time. And real estate is is definitely one of those. So. I think a lot of people are are more interested in it right now, but I think it's also a tough time because, as we talked about, prices are at near or maybe slightly past peak, and because uh, interest rates have risen, it is still very challenging to to get to get funding. And it's not a panacea. I mean, just because you buy a building and you're like, oh, I'm going to get rental income, uh, you laid out some of the costs that landlords are facing in terms of energy. But if you can't find a renter. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, that you're out of rent, right? I mean, you you, you still got to pay your mortgage or you still got to pay for that property. So there's a lot of considerations that also, if you buy the property, if you don't pay cash for it, you're going to borrow. You're going to borrow probably at a presumably higher rate. Oh, absolutely. And I think that there's been a lot of competition in the single family rental market because you had those big institutional investors that, that are buying more and more in the major metros, not so much in, in smaller markets. Smaller markets are still, I think, better opportunities sometimes for, uh, for smaller investors. You're not going to get you're not going to be able to increase your rents as much as you would in the larger markets. But in terms of an investment where you can buy in at, at a decent price, get your rent and have steady income, I think sometimes that's a better option. 
You know, we often talk about REITs, and I want to get to the REITs in a second, Deidre, but I have been reading where private equity firms have been buying real estate. Uh, they, so they, you know, private equity, very interesting animal. I know nothing about the specifics of private equity, but they're, you know, they're in a nursing home business now. Uh, they're buying healthcare providers, have been buying healthcare providers, but now they're turning their attention to real estate, uh, as you said, and that has an impact on uh, the average investor, like someone like myself. Yeah, I think as an investor watching private equity, uh, watching the the monster firms like like a Blackstone or a KKR is a good way to see. I mean, they've got the most brilliant people on staff, so so they know something. So uh, with Blackstone, like recently, they started pulling back a little bit on their single family rental investing in certain markets. So that tells me something. But they and some other companies are investing heavily in build to rent, where they buy entire communities of uh, single family homes. So that's really interesting. And I think what you said about about nursing homes, we're seeing a lot of interest in memory care. And this is that larger demographic trend where most people uh, in their 70s and 80s they haven't downsized yet. They want to age in place, but there's going to be a point at which they're not going to be able to do that. And then what's next? We overbuilt in senior housing for a long time, and and that's been dragging that industry down as a whole. But I think we are going to reach a tipping point just because of the natural demographics that we're facing. I mean, there are a lot of people, the boomer generation, uh, mm-hmm. 70s um, into their 80s, that are retiring beyond just a huge wealth transfer, which I know there's a lot of uh, financial advisors and financial services companies licking their chops, waiting for this money to transfer from point A to point B and work that out. Um, You're right. Uh, People need to live somewhere, um, whether it's in a, whether they're staying at home, they decide to downsize. And there are a lot of decisions, Deidre, that go into that if you're you're making that personal decision uh, for your family or if you are responsible for family members. I think this is one of the biggest macro trends that that affects is going to affect investing across so many different sectors, healthcare, real estate, just all all across. And the thing that the the way that the baby boomers are transforming it is that's not you're in a home, you're at your house, and then you go to a nursing home. What they're doing is that there's there's all these different types of communities now where your care can increase as as your situation changes. So you go from basically just sort of being in a community to maybe needing a little more care to maybe if, if something happens and you've got dementia, needing memory care or needing full-time nursing. So really that sort of graduated approach is something I think we're going to see a lot more of, but that brings up a lot of challenges as well in terms of how do you make those buildings suitable for that type of transformation? Yeah, Deidre, I had this this dream and it's really a pipe, well, it's maybe be a pipe dream depending on how things work out, but I would love to have my parents maybe not move in with me, but I kind of envision having a small piece of land and multiple cabins for each of my parents and their significant others. And then my wife and I are there. My mom can bring her horse. So that would be, you know, I'm kind of old school. I'd love to go back and have my parents. I'd love to live with my parents, but maybe not be told to go to bed at nine o'clock. Although my (laughs) wife tells me I need to go to bed at nine o'clock. Deidre, we're going to have to leave it there. Very insightful information. Thank you so much for stopping by. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you again very soon. You too. Thank you so much. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, then drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, entertainment, so much more, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. 
Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, or visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of DRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.